And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. And joining us now, Senior Animal Protein Analyst with Rumble Bank, Christine McCracken is with us. Christine, great to have you uh, join the show today. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am good. Thank you for the time. We are talking about a new report from Rabobank, the Global Pork Quarterly, the uh, quarter three 2022 report. And Christine, you know, we look at the first half of the year pork. Uh, we've seen a, a bit of uh, a decline, it feels like, in, in pork exports here globally. And uh, let's look at the second half. What are you guys seeing in this report, looking at quarter three? Are we going to see uh, are we going to see the global outlook pick up for, for pork exports, uh, et cetera? Talk to us a little bit about this report. Well, I think if you look at the global uh, supply and demand, we are a little tight um, in supply around the world. We've had, obviously, some contraction in, in the European markets uh, that, that really reflects ongoing issues with ASF and some of the concerns there, some ongoing disease issues. Uh, in parts of it, and, and really some a really tough profit outlook for them. So they've been, you know, reducing their herds, and that's that's left the global market a little short. Um, at the same time, as China's reopened, um, it's created some incremental demand. So I think if you look on balance, we're we're really looking at a, a much better trade outlook, maybe for the second half. But you know, there's still a lot of economic pressure that that could impact that. So it's. It's tough to say with certainty, but it sure looks like we're 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 looking at a much better trade outlook for the second half. Well, when we think about uh, the trade outlook, I know producers are looking at a bit of uh, lessening pressure when it comes to feed costs, energy costs here, not just in the U.S. but globally. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Is is some of that to decrease pressure? Is that going to have an impact as well? Well, I do think that it's helping, but it, sure, it's at historic highs. In in any case, it's it's not as though um, we're we're going back to to what we have enjoyed in the past few years. So, I do think the volatility is is creating some some concern when you think through energy costs in Europe, for example, uh, this winter are going to be really crazy. Um, if you think through even even these uh, exports out of the Ukraine, I think you're talking about uh, just a an extreme amount of, of uncertainty. And that's, I think, at times a bit tough to plan around, but but generally should be a bit better uh, here at home as we think through our, our cost outlook. So maybe adding a, a little bit of optimism there as well. Well, let's talk a little more about China. You mentioned that uh, China's pork imports, I believe, uh, according to the report, down 65% year over year. Uh, and we look at China, not just uh, U.S. relations, uh, but just global outlook. Uh, what is China looking at for pork imports here in, in quarter three and in the second half of 2022? Are we going to see China start to import more pork or, or not? Well, that's a, that's a million or billion dollar question, um, hundreds of millions. Um, I, you know, I think there's still, a, no one knows for sure. I think that's that's all we do know. Um, but what we have seen is is increased um, interest from China in, in buying pork and, and other proteins. Uh, but primarily going uh, to other countries, a lot of European uh, exporters, for example, is they don't face the same uh, trade barriers that the, the U.S. does. Um, when you think through kind of the the current situation, I think that's probably adding a little pressure to that, that outlook. But um, as we think through China's needs, again, as they reopen and, and they have um, really 
uh, write down their inventories, they're going to need to go to that global market for supply. And, and I think that um, at, at present, um, that's probably going to be in, in Europe, um, possibly some out of Canada. They've just uh, just approved three additional pork uh, plants for export, that's that's positive for them. And then if you think through, um, you know, Brazil is, is a likely supplier. All of that's good news, though, for the U.S. as we think through, you know, the markets that would have been met with that supply um, had it not been for China. And that creates some opportunities maybe for the second half for U.S. exporters. Yeah, maybe a bit of a reshuffling of the deck chair, so to speak, when it comes to uh, trade globally. You alluded to this as well. I know the U.S.-China tensions over Taiwan. I think you know this just coming to the forefront here after you guys have uh, put out this report. But uh, obviously, on the U.S. side, uh, one has to wonder. There's there's just a lot of uncertainty surrounding that right now. It, it appears, Christine. Yeah, and it, it's hard to predict how that will play out. I think that if you think through kind of where we are right now, um, I, I suspect that we we don't um, we don't look for a lot of incremental demand coming out of China and maybe even um, some pushback on product that they had been taking. Uh, they've been a significant variety meat uh, market for us, and and maybe that slows down some um, given some of this tension. But it, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it is one global market, uh, so you do have these puts and takes that ultimately work out. And Christine, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about African swine fever and its impact on the trade. And now we continue to watch cases in Europe, Asia, uh, in the, in like the Dominican Republic. We haven't seen anything confirmed in the United States yet, thankfully. But I know it's top of mind for hog producers here across the U.S. As you look at the ASF situation globally, what stands out to you and what did you guys find uh, in this new report? Well, I do think the biggest development lately has been this continued spread throughout Europe um, to the border with the Netherlands, uh, throughout Italy. Um, so you've seen uh, some fairly sizable contraction in that market as a result as they've been unable to move product maybe into export channels as they had been historically, but also creating some additional angst as it gets very close to other production regions in France and the Netherlands. So um, it's really, uh, I think, uh, when you think when you look forward, it's really all about, um, you know, would you be expanding production maybe in some of those regions where it's a real threat uh, when it's on your doorstop? Um, generally, probably not. Uh, and, and at the same time, you're probably looking to uh, maybe uh, bring inventories down. Uh, when when it hits in your region, essentially, you're really cut off from exports. And I think that We've seen additional selling pressure maybe out of some regions of Europe as a result. We appreciate the time and the analysis with that senior animal protein analyst with Rabobank, Christine McCracken. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Thanks. And again, that is Christine McCracken with Rabobank and Rabo Research North America, and we appreciate her time. Great analysis and a, a good snapshot, a good look at the uh, pork industry and the market and what we're going to be seeing for quarter three and beyond potentially here this year and a lot of things to consider and take note of as we move forward as well. So we appreciate the time again from Christine McCracken with Rabobank and Rabo Research North America. That's going to do it for American Ag today. If you have a story for the program, send me an email, Jesse Allen at AmericanAgNetwork.com. That's Jesse Allen at AmericanAgNetwork.com. This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.